are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Blake Bowles has created himself an awesome business, and he's running it just how he wants to. Blake takes teenagers on trips around the world, which funds his own life of travel. Listen in to see how you could do something similar to Blake to fund your own travel. Blake Balls, what's up, my man? Back power. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. You're in a car. Let's address that. <laughs> I'm in a car. I'm in rural western Colorado, and my friends have crap internet, and I'm parked outside of a co-working center with great internet. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. Um, I'm excited to talk about your topic today, which is uh, is running travel tours to uh, to fund your nom- fuel your nomadic life and fund. And, and and it sort of is the basis of my nomadic life too. Just getting paid to travel for long periods of time with cool teenagers like it's a dream come true. I love it. Um, okay, let's get started. How did you even start doing that? Or let's actually, let's start with your background and introduce yourself, I guess. (laughs) Hello, I'm Blake. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I grew up in California and in college, I got really into alternative education and ended up designing my own major to study that. I abandoned an astronomy and physics major to essentially go into hippie education theory. Yes. And... Uh, and I worked in outdoor education for a little bit, so like getting paid to take fifth graders hiking, essentially. And uh, and I ran away to South America for a few months when I was 24 to have my little quarter-life crisis there and fell in love with Argentina and really wanted to go back to Argentina, had no money to do it. And that's when I started thinking, okay, how can I get paid to travel to South America? And so I was looking at gap year programs and becoming a trip leader for you know these programs where you take a group of like 19 year olds to South America for three months and maybe you get paid 5,000 bucks and, but they cover all your expenses. That sounds great. And I was applying for this dream job and I went through all of the steps and got the in-person interview and thought that I totally nailed it and had got all my hopes up, put all my eggs in this basket and then was terribly disappointed when they did not hire me. Uh, It was right around the recession. There was like 150 applicants for two spots. Oh man! I'm sure I was not the most qualified, but I had already thought i want to do this kind of work. So I emailed the, the founder of that company back and I said, hey, can you help me start my own travel company for teenagers, you know, who, who will not compete with your demographic, but, you know, a separate demographic. And to my unending delight, the guy said yes. And he helped me start wow. school ventures. Yeah. So that was 2008. That's amazing. You know, you like, most people would be like, oh, I can't, I'm not emailing. Like, that's a stupid idea. He's never going to, but you, you know, you ask and Sometimes there's you- not much to lose, right? It's mm. like he, he liked me, it seemed. And so I said, you know, I, so I had been working at this summer camp called Not Back to School Camp, mm-hmm. which is the summer camp for teenage homeschoolers and unschoolers. And unschoolers are just like really self-directed, really autonomous homeschoolers. Um, and so I knew these teens uh, and they came from all over North America to go to this camp for just one or two weeks out of the year. And they were always dying to go back to the summer camp because they would you know, they would come from far-flung destinations. Some of them come from Alaska. And then they'd have to wait so long to see their friends again. So I said, listen, maybe you have a problem I can solve, which is you want to go and spend more time with other cool teens. Um, 
and I have a problem that I want to solve for myself. I want to go back to Argentina and not pay for it. In fact, I'd love to get paid to do this. So I just smashed it all together. And a friend and I started Unschool Adventures and we pitched this six week Argentina trip to this, uh, the summer camp community. The director of the summer camp let us essentially advertise to her, her mailing list. And we got nine teenagers to sign up and I covered all my costs and I made like $4,000 and I was on top of the world. It was like, I can get paid to travel with, with teenagers who I really like, not like, you know, weird or aggressive or like really dangerous teens. Like these are like nice, friendly, fun to be around teens. That's amazing. What a cool thing. And so how long did it take from the time that you were like, this seems like a cool idea until you actually achieved that goal? May 2018 to October 2018. So, wow, that's yeah. really fast. Five months. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I worked at this summer camp for a couple of years. They knew me. And so that's the hardest part, right, is having the audience, having the, the people who trust you, especially if you're going to take somebody else's kids across the world. There right. needs to be a lot of, of built-up trust there already. And so I had that in place. That made a huge difference. That made all the difference, really. Wow. Wait, what year was that? Sorry. 2008. Oh, 2008. Okay. So that's a while back. So what's been happening since then? You must have come a long way. Not really, actually. Like, uh, I have not come very far. I've run one or two of these trips a year, and that's what I've done pretty much every year. And, you know, many people have said, oh, why don't you expand the company? And you can go into a managerial role and train other people to lead the trips. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're missing the point here. Like, I, I enjoy going on these trips. I'm paying myself to travel. Mm-hmm. That is what is, that's what's the sweet deal here. And so it, it has not been a scale business. It's just been a little kind of lifestyle business for me. And it lets me, it lets me go to places that I want to explore or return to places that I know that I love, like Argentina or New Zealand. But I've done a lot of one-off trips. We did one trip to Nepal, one trip to Southeast Asia, one to Australia, I'm about to take a group to Spain and I'll probably never go back to any of those places again. And so it's been a way for me to explore new places. And then New Zealand and Argentina, I, I really love and we'll probably keep going back to those places. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's, that's how it works, Beck. I love it. So it's like completely your choice, just like where you want to go and then you organize a trip there and it pays for it. Yeah. And I think that that works, that works out well because if I'm super enthusiastic about this specific place, it's like, okay, I've wanted to go to Nepal for a long time. I'm going to put a lot of energy into this trip and the planning, and I'm going to be very enthusiastic about it. And I think that that's uh, something that, that seeps into the trip. It like transmits. Uh, and so if I was just running the same trip every year, it's like, yes, every February we, we run the New Zealand trip. Mm-hmm. then it would become, I think it would become much less interesting for me and, and I would be a worse trip leader. And so, yeah, it's built on enthusiasm and, and novelty and, uh, and it's been great for a decade. I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep personally running these trips because I've, you know, my priorities have shifted for sure mm-hmm. uh, between age 25 and 35. Mm. Uh, but it's been great. It's been a wonderful way to make a living and have a career. That's awesome. So let's talk about the logistics of, you know, let's go back to where the guy said, sure, I'll help you set this thing up. What did that entail? Shockingly little. Uh, You don't need a license in the United States to run travel tours. Like anyone can do it. Wow. And, you know, 
Yeah. And so really you need a website. I knew how to make websites. Mm -hmm. uh, you need some legal paperwork to cover your ass in case something goes wrong. And so um, he helped me with some basic paperwork and then I needed to create a, a liability waiver. And, and really that was it. Like, and then you need to find the audience and you need to convince them that you're going to keep their kids safe and, and you sign them up and, and you have to interview them also. Um, we always do Skype interviews. I don't just take anyone who signs up mm. because uh, I don't want someone who's super underprepared or someone whose mom is sending them up for the trip. That's kind of my nightmare. It's like showing up in a foreign country with a teenager who realizes they don't want to be there. And then, oh. you know, that creates so many issues. But if you just interview the kids first and make sure that they know what they're getting themselves into and they're prepared, then everything goes really smoothly. And so, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. I have a perfect safety record. No one's ever been injured or gone to the hospital. Like the trips have always worked out well. The group has bonded even when they're all strangers. Mm. And so it's, it's not that logistically complicated. Again, I think the hardest part is having the, the audience to draw from. And I came from this world of alternative education and homeschooling and unschooling. And, and that's how they all knew me and that's how they trusted me. And, and that's worked out well because there's not really anyone else. There's maybe one other company running similar trips just for homeschooled and unschooled teenagers. And so it also helps to be the first or, or one of the very few. Uh, and, and I run trips during the school year. Almost no one else does that. Everyone else runs programs during the summer because mm -hmm. that's when teenagers are not in school. But I work with teenagers who are not bound to academic calendars. And so if the best time to go to Argentina is like early November through mid-December, best time to go to South Island, New Zealand is mid-February through March, then that's when we'll go. We won't just go when school is out. That sounds awesome. So these kids are homeschooled in the USA and that's where you yep. find them? Yeah, uh, a little bit of Canada also. And homeschooling is free and legal in all 50 states. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty big audience. This is, the, the US is the epicenter of homeschooling culture. Well, the other thing is that it's a really passionate audience and they, there's a lot of, you know, if you're a homeschooler, you're in a group of other homeschoolers. You know what I mean? So you can find them pretty easily, I think. Yeah, yeah yes and no. Um, there's a lot of homeschooling that happens with younger kids. And for teenagers, a lot of families get a little bit scared because they think, how can you go to college if you don't go to high school? I, that was what I wrote my first book about. It's called College Without High School. Because wow. it's like, you, you can actually. And so there's a drop off in the numbers when you get to the, the teen years. And that's a problem because teens are primarily focused on the social world. They're focused on, on each other and they want to be around groups of other teens. And so um, I think that's one of the, the things that I'm providing with these trips is the chance to be around a group of 10 or 12 other teens for a long period of time and do really cool stuff together, travel and adventure and, and hang out with very... Uh, self-directed free time and uh, and it's hard to find this kind of opportunity elsewhere yeah definitely so what does a day look like for them when they're or i guess what does a trip look like for them sure i'll just tell you about the trip that's coming up in just a couple of weeks here the spain trip and uh, so it's going to be six weeks total and three segments uh two weeks each so the first segment we're going to be doing homestays and spanish classes in southern Spain so mm -hmm. that's like intensive Spanish learning and as a group we'll just hang out in the afternoons but in the mornings they'll have classes and in the evenings they'll go back and and eat and talk with their host families only in Spanish um, 
the second half is hiking on one of the Camino de Santiago routes. So we'll be up in the Basque country in northern Spain and hiking uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 kilometers a day on on a variety of surfaces, but always coastal hiking. It's, It's a beautiful route. And so that will be largely a physical challenge. And then the last two weeks, we've got two rented Airbnb apartments in Barcelona, and they will essentially have complete free time, uh, you know, with, with a few basic safety restrictions. But like, it will be up to them how they spend their days. And myself and there are two other trip leaders, we will offer lots of activities, give them lots of options, and also help them do their own research in terms of finding cool stuff to do in Barcelona, of which there is no shortage. Mm. And, uh, and then they get to make the choice. And, you know, as long as they stick within our basic safety protocols, then they can pretty much do what they want. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, so what, see so these kids are like 16 ish. Uh, this upcoming trip is actually 14 to 20. It's a pretty oh. wide age range, but yeah, typically we get 16, 17, 18 year olds. Okay. Um, and as for the logistics, when you're in a new country or thinking about a new country, how do you, obviously after you've been to Argentina a few times, you know, a lot of the stuff you have contacts for Spain, for example, how, if you haven't, have you been before? Yeah, I did a little research trip there last year, which is another benefit. You know, you can write off travel expenses because you're doing research for your company. Mm -hmm. And Becca, I can hear it in your voice. You're thinking about how you can run trips yourself too. Tell me, (laughs) am I I wrong? Um, Listen, man, uh, on these podcasts, I'm always, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, ooh, that sounds great. I I, I don't (laughs) do that at all. But but I love learning about it. Like this is my hobby to like learn about how people run their businesses. and Okay. So don't worry, man, no competition. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know. I want more people to join this world. We need more trips like this. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I, I missed your question. Say it yeah, again. So, um, as far as the logistics goes, how do you find, you know, make sure that the accommodation's good and the, the activities yeah. transferred? You know, it, it's a lot of the same research that I would do for my own foreign travel. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it's a combination of guidebook stuff, friends of friends, just, you know, looking at travel blogs, you know, the, the same stuff that you would do to find a reputable hostel in Bangkok mm-hmm. is what I'm doing to find reputable hostels along the Camino route in Northern Spain. And we're working with the Spanish school in, uh, in the first two weeks, make sure that they have good references. They've worked with teen groups before Barcelona, make sure the Airbnb apartments have good ratings, you know, mm-hmm. basic due diligence. Yeah. Again, it, it's like not that hard, actually. It's uh, it, it requires a a pretty good sense of risk management uh, just to kind of keep teenagers out of trouble in the first place. But if you have that, if you're somebody who's like aware of like, you know, good situations and unsafe situations, then, then you can run a trip like this. That's awesome. Yeah. You definitely make it sound a lot more simple than I have imagined it. I feel like there's, you know, you've got a, I don't know, all sorts of rules and complications, but from what you're saying, it's, yeah, it sounds really straightforward. Um, Okay, well, uh, we'll go. Well, I'll ask you a little bit more about where to find more information about that at, towards the end. Um, but we're going to jump into the quick fire round now, if you're ready. Ooh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Cool. All right. <clears throat> what is your favorite book? A Different Kind of Teacher by John Taylor Gatto. That's the that inspired me to study alternative education back in college. That's awesome. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna grab that because I'm really interested in that stuff. Uh, 
can you can you actually no i'm gonna i'll come back and <laughs> i'll find it and put, we'll put it in the show notes for you guys who are listening um we'll make sure that that link is there so you can grab that book um do you have a favorite blog that you read yes one called semi-rad s-e-m-i-rad and it's an outdoors blog uh and the, the guy's hilarious and he he designed one of my favorite t-shirts which i wear often uh <laughs> which says anything can be a taco if you uh have dreams and you believe in yourself if you have a tortilla and you believe in yourself oh so, like this guy blogs about the outdoors and makes hilarious illustrations That's uh, so semi-rad for sure i love a good taco t-shirt That's uh, right. yeah well what Oh, I was going to ask you what the next places you're going, but I guess that's Spain. Do you have any independent trips planned? Yes, I'll be in Germany after Spain. I've got a girlfriend in Germany. And then we'll be road tripping around the eastern and southern U.S. for a bit later this year. This is a pretty nomadic year for me. I've, I've got no solid home base. And uh, it's a lot of Airbnbs and staying with friends and family and... Uh, so the, the trips are just back to back back that sounds awesome so do you fly back with the kids then or do you usually but but i have one of my co-leaders flying back with them this time and i'm staying in europe okay. which is pretty sweet deal cool how many kids are on a trip uh about 11 this trip has 12 and there's two or three of you guys yeah there's always two trip leaders and sometimes a third like a, an intern okay cool um, what is a, a charity or a cause that you care about? Uh, I mean, this one's easy. The cause is not wasting young people's time in compulsory education. I mean, this is kind of what I've built my, my life around is this cause. I had this, you know, this memory of just being really bored in high school, even though I was one of the good students, one of the straight A students. But I just remember feeling my time being wasted. And I thought there must be a better way. And, and that is what has led me to getting into alternative schools and homeschooling and unschooling. Because these are all different attempts that work for different types of kids and different families for maximizing engagement. And I, I think that's it. It's just like, if, if you're going to be learning stuff, you should be highly engaged. You shouldn't be sit around, sitting around waiting for your teacher to solve discipline issues in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be like having to get up and move every 50 minutes at the sound of a bell it's like you should be really into what you're doing. That's, that's how it works in adult life, and that's how it should work in a child's life too. Yeah, great, great. Um, so I'm going to change up this question. I usually ask something a little bit different, but what is your advice to someone, uh, a parent who's listening, who has their kid in a public school or whatever, and just in school and they're um they're like what is you know i don't have time to do this unschooling or homeschooling thing um like i don't even know how that works can you do do you have to not work a job if you're gonna um educate your kid or how does that anyway what's your advice for that person who's like what can i how can i be involved with this sure uh so first piece of advice is that there might be some really cool alternative schools in your area and so schools that I like to talk about are Sudbury schools, um, ALCs, which stands for Agile Learning Centers, um, or you know, there's some more traditional alternatives like Montessori in Waldorf. And so there, is, there are a, a good number of alternative schools out there, and, and that doesn't mean you have to quit your job to be at home with your kid. Um, 
homeschooling is actually often easier than people assume it to be because a lot of people assume that you have to teach your kid everything, which is the first and most you know, terrible and egregious assumption that everyone has to throw away because it's complete tripe. Uh, maybe you do that with little kids, but as soon as they start getting older and getting into more specialized interests and subjects, like there's no way one person could do that. Mm. And so you let them do a lot of self-study with the internet, with books, you become a resource provider, a cheerleader, uh, you're, you're a support system for them. And, um, and also there are these centers that are popping up, uh, especially in the East, United States that are self-directed learning support centers for teenagers. And so if you have a 13 or 14 or 15 year old who doesn't want to go to school anymore because they feel like, oh my God, the, the testing is killing me, the homework is killing me, that the social life is terrible, like you can pull them out, you can homeschool them immediately. It's free, it's legal. It's, you know, some states require a little bit more oversight than others, but in California, where I'm from, you can just declare your home to be a private school and say, my kid is attending my private school, so we're meeting the compulsory education laws. And there's no other requirements outside of that. There's no testing, there's nothing. And so you are completely free to do what you want. And also, teens want to be with other teens, so you can send them to these, uh, these teen support centers, and it's essentially like a school where nothing is mandatory. There's cool classes, there's workshops, there are adult mentors available, there's resources, there's drama clubs. You're getting the long answer here, Beck. I love it. Um, yeah, and, and so you can do this and you can support your child's autonomy and support them as a self-directed learner and not have to like quit your job and stay at home to like watch over them. Like there are so many ways to do this. Wicked, really great answer. Thanks, Blake. Where can people connect with you online and find out more about what you do and find out more about um, homeschooling, unschooling, world schooling? Yeah, so my website, BlakeBowles, B-O-L-E-S dot com. Uh, I have a lot of resources about homeschooling, unschooling, world schooling, alternative schools on that site. Um, and uh, my company is called Unschool Adventures, which is just unschooladventures.com. And I think one thing that might be of interest to your audience is that I wrote this little online book called How to Live Nowhere, which is all my thoughts and experiences with, you know, making a nomad lifestyle work. And that's on howtolivenowhere.com. It's just free cool. writing. Awesome, man. I really appreciate having you on the show today. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for asking good questions. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.